Hello and welcome to The Lone Ranger from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. horse with a speed of light, a cloud of dust, and a hearty Hyo Silver, the Lone Ranger. His faithful Indian companion, Tonto, the daring and resourceful masked rider of the plains, led the fight for law and order in the early western United States. Nowhere in the pages of history can one find a greater champion of justice. Return with us now to those thrilling days of yesteryear. From out of the past come the thundering hoofbeats of the great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger rides again. Come on, Silver. Let's go, big fellow. I'll Silver. Hey! Two men rode slowly through the Dakota Badlands, following a rutted trail that led to Fort Hopkins from the nearest railroad. One was First Sergeant Bob Clayton, a young, clean-featured cavalryman. The other, known on the frontier as Bearpaw Ike Sloan, wore the greasy buckskin jacket, long hair, and unkempt beard that identified most of the civilian scouts on the Army's payroll. The scout was half asleep in his saddle, when the youthful sergeant looked over his shoulder and said, Ike, we're a long way ahead of our wagons, but I can still see that dust. Uh, what else, Sarge? There isn't a hostile Indian left in these parts. Don't forget that band of renegade Cheyennes. They never made a treaty and have no reservation. They're apt to strike anywhere, anytime. I say there's no hostile Indians. Just the same, I think I ought to go back and halt the supply train until you scout the pass ahead. Well, are you telling me my job? Now, look there. Why, the tunnel? It's an engine. Getting off his horse. Well, he must be a friendly one. Come on. Get him. Get him. Get him. Watch me drop him. I hold your fire. He's making the peace sign. 
Stand still there, you varmint. Oh, oh, there. Oh. Me friend, me pronto. What are you doing here, Indian? You better turn wagon train round pronto. Plenty Cheyenne in pass. Cheyenne? How do you know that? Or me and white friend trail him there. Him watch him now. You're lying, you ordinary redskin. I scouted the pass. You're the only Indian around. Me know how you scout. Me see your tracks. See where you take big sleep. I'll plug you for that. Don't shoot. That's an order. I'm not taking orders from no two-bit soldier. Then you'll take something else. So I'm a two-bit soldier, am I? I'll fix you. Nobody can hit me and live. You won't be around to fix me after today. I'm reporting you to Colonel Hall. Oh, now, now, look, Sarge. Don't don't do that. I just lost my head. Get up and shut up. Go on, Tonto. How many Cheyennes are there? Plenty Cheyenne. And them got plenty good Winchester rifle. I think you're telling the truth. But I've got to see for myself. No time now, Sergeant. You hear horse coming? What's a masked man? He's heading this way, lightning to leather. That, my friend. Something happened. Oh, Silver. Oh, easy. Send me Hey there, you. What's the idea of that mask? Now, wait a minute, Sloan. Find out what he has to say. What happened, Kimasabi? You men had better get mounted. The Indians have sighted the dust from the wagons. What? Part of them are swinging around this way to seal up the pass as soon as the column enters. We can't fight our way through. The escort's too small. Go back to the wagons. Order a retreat to the Loop River. By turning north and following its banks, you can reach Fort Hopkins without having a fight. I know the way, but wagons can't get through there. Then burn the wagons. It's your only chance. Here come Indians now. I'm getting out of here. You too, Sergeant. Your duty is with your men. But you and Tonto. We make a stand behind these rocks and cover your getaway. Adios. Adios. Tonto, the Indian scouts have sighted us. Ah. Just six or seven of them. I think we can drive them back. Open fire. They've stopped, Tonto. Hold your fire. See, some Indians go away. But them come back with other Indian plenty quick. You've given the sergeant and the scout time to get away. Now we'd better travel. Mm, that's right. Come on, Toto. Steady, big fella. Easy, scout. Easy, fella. We'll get out of here before the main body of the Cheyennes can organize for attack. But let those scouts chase us. Come on, fella. Come on, scout. It was several hours later and the usually busy headquarters of the commanding officer at Fort Hopkins was deserted except for Colonel Hall and his adjutant. The colonel, whose stern face and inflexible will had gained him the army nickname of Iron Jaw, had been standing at a window overlooking the parade ground. Suddenly, he turned on his aide and cleared his throat. <coughs> Captain Judd, I have something to say to you. It concerns your daughter. Helen, sir? I want you to send her back east. Colonel Hall. Is that an order or You request? know very well I have no authority to give such an order since the War Department now permits officers to install their families in posts free from danger. Well, may I point out that you just finished writing a report that there are no hostile Indians in the territory. That has nothing to do with it. Miss Judd is in no danger. She is the danger. Will you explain that statement, sir? She is the only young woman at a post garrisoned by a thousand men. Well, that's so... But Helen has made no trouble. In fact, the appearance and morale of the regiment have vastly improved since her arrival. The sweetheart of the regiment. I, I can make men shine their boots. Yet I half believe every man Jack here, from the lieutenant colonel down the line to the Ross rookie, would mutiny at a word from her. Well, I'll speak to her, but I can't promise... Where is your parental authority? Gone, like all authority will be if she remains. I won't have the regiment disorganized and dishonored by the whims of any female. I'm colonel here. Who are you speaking of? 
Young lady. Pardon me, Colonel, for forgetting. This is the army, isn't it? <coughs> <coughs> Helen Judd, a female person residing at Fort Hopkins, has a report to make. If the captain will give her permission to speak to the colonel. Uh, ye gods, this minx is ridiculing me in my own headquarters. Uh, Helen, it's a lot to hope for, but I hope you really have something to report. I have, Dad. While riding toward the Loop River a couple of hours ago, I heard two explosions. They seemed heavy but distant. I thought of the supply train. Miss Judd, you presume to scout for this fort as well as commanded? Well, I... uh, Colonel Hall, look outside. Eh? It... What detachment is that? Why, the idiots have ridden their horses half to death. I'll have their hides for that. Why, that's a wagon train escort. Sergeant Clayton commanding. But I see no wagon. Call the sergeant immediately. He and I, Sloan, the scout, are coming in now. Well, Sergeant Clayton? We almost ran into an ambush, sir. Big band of renegade Cheyennes laid for us in the pass. I blew up the wagons, but saved all the men. Go on. Masked men and friendly Indian warned Sloan and me of the presence of the Indians as we scouted the trail. They held off part of the war party while we escaped to the wagons. That's a strange story, Sergeant. Very strange. Seems there are no reservation jumpers at large, and the existence of the so-called renegade Indians has never been proved. But I saw them, sir. Did your men see them? No, but Sloan here did. Well, Scott Sloan? Colonel, I didn't see no Indians. What? No masked man either. This here sergeant just got spooked and stampeded the rest of the outfit. Why, you... Sergeant, right sergeant. Of... you're under arrest. Captain Judd, take your side arm. No, no, you can't do that. Sergeant Clayton's telling the truth. I know he Young is. Young lady, this is one affair you can't meddle in. It calls for a general court-martial. Oh. Go to your quarters. I'll go. Chin up, sergeant. I'm still on your side. What am I charged with, sir? Destruction of government property and cowardice. Wartime regulations still prevail here, and conviction will carry the penalty of death. In the meantime, the Lone Ranger and Toto, mounted on their mighty horses, Scout and Silver, had easily outrun the savages. We'll stop here, Toto. Oh, We've shaken off the Indians, Teddy, big fellow. Easy, Scott. Good boy, Silver, good boy. The long chase, but well worth it. Every soldier must have escaped. Well, what army do now? Send big force after Indians? So I expect. But from what you've told me about that fellow who was with us, Sergeant, the troops will need dependable scouts. And that's so. Maybe our job not done yet. No, it isn't. We'll rest our horses here until dark. Then turn and follow those Cheyennes again. Days later, the Lone Ranger and Tonto were still on the trail of the Indians. Momentarily, they expected the army to strike back for the attempted ambush. But no troops came out of Fort Hopkins, where Sergeant Clayton was on trial for his life. Five officers constituted the court-martial, sitting at a long table with their campaign hats and sabers in front of them. As president of the court, Colonel Hall occupied the middle chair. The sergeant sat at the other end of the room. In the open space, Major Elliot, the army advocate, was on his feet speaking. You've heard the prisoner testify on his own behalf. You've heard his story. And I dare say no man charged with a military crime ever told one is fantastic. Where is this masked man? Why isn't he here? I'll tell you why. 
There is no such person. Mr. President, gentlemen of the court. The court recognizes Lieutenant Wayne as representing the prisoner. We know only too well that we need the masked man's testimony to offset the lies to which Ike Sloan has sworn. We're doing everything possible to find the man. It may be that he's an outlaw or army deserter who won't appear voluntarily. For that reason, we've spread reward notices throughout the territory, offering $2,000 to anyone who'll produce him here at the fort. We need time to get results. So I ask an adjournment. Who, uh, who put up that reward? I, uh, Miss Helen Judd, sir. Hey? The men of the regiment helped to raise it. That's enough. The trial will proceed. At a camp in the heart of the Badlands, the Lone Ranger waited the return of Tonto from a settlement where he had gone for provisions. The masked man was busy sketching a map of the region when his Indian friend appeared, riding hard. Whoa, scout. Oh, fella. Oh, fella. Easy, scout. Easy. Well, Tonto, I found the Cheyenne's hideout while you were gone. Not good. They have a permanent camp at the headwaters of the Loop River. Oh, uh, did you learn if there are any troops around? No. No, me not here. But me find this in town. What is it? A reward notice? Ah, and for you, Kimasabi, you take it. Hmm. States that I'm wanted as a witness in the court-martial of Sergeant Clayton. That must be the sergeant we met at the pass. Me think scout with him. Get him into trouble. Here, Silver. Now, where we go? Fort Hopkins. Steady, big fellow. Easy, scout. Easy. Come on, Silver. Get him up, scout. As you were. The judges of this court have considered the case and reached a decision. Bring the prisoner forward. Forward, halt. Halt. Robert Clayton, we have found you guilty as charged. It is the sentence of the court that you be dishonorably discharged forthwith. Corporal of the guard, remove his buttons and chevrons. It is further judged that you be removed to the guardhouse and there kept in close confinement until sunrise of the first Friday of the month ensuing, at which time, in accordance with the Articles of War, you will be shot by a firing squad. Dismissed. The curtain falls on the first act of our Lone Ranger story. Before the next exciting scenes, please permit us to pause for just a few moments.
to continue our story. Condemned to die before a firing squad, ex-Sergeant Bob Clayton waited his fate at Fort Hopkins. Unaware that her efforts to reach the masked man had succeeded, Helen Judd planned a last appeal to Colonel Hall. She stood outside the headquarters building where a light told her the commanding officer was still at work, though taps would soon sound. As she hesitated, a soft voice spoke. Good evening, miss. Oh, a masked man and an Indian. Why, you must be the ones... Are you, uh, Miss Judd? Yes, yes, I am. We've been writing day and night since we saw your notice. Later, we read of the trial in the newspapers. Bob Clayton has one more day to live. What are you going to do? I'll, uh, see the colonel first. Wait here, Tonto. Oh, you wait. Colonel Hall. Sure, a masked man. I fully expected the Judd girl would try to put something over on me. Put something over on you? Yes, I thought she'd persuade one of the soldiers to dress like that and come here wearing a mask to confirm that preposterous story. Remove that mask. Colonel Hall, I'm not one of your men. I wear this mask for personal reasons known to General Gates. Uh, uh, General Gates? Make me take it off and you'll hear from the general. Uh, oh, I wonder... I am the man who told Clayton to burn the wagons and retreat. I'll testify that the pass was filled with Cheyenne. Indeed. And why didn't you appear during the trial? We've been following those Indians. We can lead you to the place where they're camped. So, Miss Judd wants to delay the execution by luring the regiment out on a wild goose chase, eh? I'm speaking the truth, sir. As a matter of simple justice, you should investigate. I've tolerated your presence only through curiosity. If you value your life, you'll get out this moment and stay out. I respect the uniform you wear too much to force the issue now. Yes. I'm going. But we'll meet again. What happened, masked man? The colonel wouldn't listen to me. Maybe we can wring the truth out of that lying scout. Ike Sloan's away from the fort. We haven't time to hunt him down. Whatever we do must be done soon. Tomorrow my father is sending me east with my aunt. I see. In that case, there's a chance that we can save Clayton. But it's a slim chance and means danger for you. I'll risk it. What's your plan? Listen closely. The following day, an army field wagon rattled away from Fort Hopkins. Two soldiers were perched on the high driver's seat. Helen Judd and her maiden aunt, Sophia, were in the box occupying camp chairs. Get along the elderly spinster had her face turned toward the distant fort. She was saying, Gracious me, I do believe some of the soldiers are still standing outside the gate watching us. Auntie, they think I'm deserting them. To think that crusty old bachelor wouldn't even let you see Bob Clayton. Well, Bob Clayton isn't dead yet. That sun has to set again before it rises. Get From the cover of a thicket beside the trail, the Lone Ranger and Tonto watched the field wagon lumber toward them. The Lone Ranger was disguised as a Cheyenne chief, and his companion had put on war paint. Tonto held an extra horse. He was calming it. You be quiet, fella. Quiet. Tonto, the wagon's close enough. Close in from the left. You savvy. All right. Now. Shoot, soldier! Shoot! Help me! Help me! Take you! You let loose the 
Judd, look out and see what's causing that uproar. Yes, sir. Sounds like your daughter had come back and turned my outfit into a mob again. The wagon is back. But Helen, Helen isn't on it. Eh? Something's happened. Indeed. Here comes the ranks of fire now. Yeah, that old maid. Where is it, Helen? A big chief took her from the wagon right inside of the fort. My daughter. Well, let the chief have her. She'll soon be running the trap. Why, you old curmudgeon. Do you know what you're saying? Pardon me, Miss Sophia, but I don't believe your niece was captured. This is one of her tricks. Aren't you going to do anything? I am not. Issue an order confining the regiment to quarters until after sunrise tomorrow. Colonel, the men are going for their horses. By whose orders, Major Elliot? Nobody, sir. They're acting on their own. Wait. That's mutiny. Get out there, all you officers. Put a stop to it. I'm resigning my commission, Wait. Colonel. You're what, Captain Judd? I'm riding with a man mutiny or not. So am I. By heavens, I'll stand all you men against the wall. Well, that'll be quite a job for one man, Be- Colonel. Betrayed by my officers. Deserted by my men, mocked by an old maid, I'll... You'll what? You brass-button mule. I'll ride, too. You girl, jump boots and saddles. Mr. Fire, hand me my side. The troops have taken our trail. It looked like whole regiment is out. And our plan is working. All we need to do is keep them coming. We can lead them right to the camp of those renegade Cheyennes. That should satisfy Colonel Hall. That bad rocks ahead. Keep a tight rein, Miss Judd. We're three against the sunrise. Deeper and deeper into the forbidding vastness of the Badlands, the three riders led their pursuers, careful to keep out of rifle range while leaving a trail that would be easy to follow. Behind them, they could hear at times the rolling thunder of hundreds of hoofs and the whimpering cry of bugles. The sun went down in a burst of flaming color. A few stars made loopholes in the darkening sky. And then the moon came up, full and bright, splashing the eroded walls of the canyons with a light so unreal that the fantastic rock formations seemed to come to life. The Lone Ranger called a halt. We're close to the Indian camp. I'll step aside now and change back to my own clothes. I don't hear the cavalry any longer. What are you doing, Tonto? Me got ear on ground. Are the boys still coming? Me think so. But me not savvy why hoofs sound... Like them come from ahead and behind both. Indians! Otto, the Indians are ahead of us. They're coming this way. It must be an advanced scouting party. What does that mean? I thought they'd be asleep in their camp, but they're not. They're coming closer. Miss Judd, go back and get the troops. Hurry them on. But you... Todd and I'll make a stand right here behind these rocks. We'll try to hold the Indians until you can warn the soldiers. The main body of the Cheyennes was well back from the cluster of boulders where the masked man and his companion had concealed themselves and their horses. But a small band of Indian scouts were close at hand. The Lone Ranger thumbed the hammers of his six guns. Get ready, Toto. I'm ready. You give word to open fire. Gunfire will be a signal to the rest of the Indians. They'll come on the run. That's right. We can't hold them off for long. Best we can only hope to save the army from a surprise attack. Their scouts see us plenty soon. Then come close. All right, Toto. Open fire. The sudden gunfire caught the Indians by surprise. Two of the scouts turned back and dashed toward the main body of the Indians. But the others, half a dozen of them, leaned low over the backs of their ponies and came on toward the boulders, screaming and firing. Bullets spattered the rocks where the masked man and Tonto stood. Dust and chips of rock flew about them. 
One horse stumbled and fell, throwing its rider headlong. Another reared high, then turned and bolted to one side. Keep firing, fellow. The remaining scouts halted their ponies, abruptly turned, and retreated at top speed, but not for far. Indian scout, go back. But look, Toto. Here comes the main band of the Cheyennes. We not stop them, Indian. We'll do the best we can. We'll go down fighting. The savages had learned from their advanced scouts where the enemy had taken refuge. They came toward the cluster of boulders at top speed, yelling and shouting. This is the end, Toto. Make every bullet count. The Indians were less than a hundred yards away. The Lone Ranger knew that his life and Toto's were measured in seconds. But then he heard a bugle. Otto, the cavalry. We see him. The soldiers see the Indians. They've opened fire. The cavalry charged, carbines barking and pouring a withering fire into the first ranks of the Indians. The savages who didn't fall turned sharply in an effort to retreat and collided with the savages who were pressing from the rear. There was wild confusion in the redskin ranks. The hard-riding troopers closed in and met the Cheyennes hand-to-hand. But few escaped. Most of those who were not killed were taken prisoner. We showed those redskins what it means to fight the army. That does it, Toto. Ah, Indians beat plenty bad. The soldiers have over a hundred prisoners. The red glory of a new day spread over the Badlands. It was sunrise, the hour when young Clayton had been doomed to die. With the entire regiment looking on, Colonel Hall faced the Lone Ranger and Helen Judd. Well, Mash Man, we meet again. My apologies and thanks to you. And uh, you also, young lady. Colonel, your head. You're wounded. A mere scratch that only a woman would notice. Are you satisfied now that I told the truth, Colonel Hall? Seeing is believing, sir. As Caesar said, weeny weedy wicked. I came, I saw, and I beat the Cheyennes. They're all prisoners. Have you questioned them? I have. They admitted trying to ambush the wagon train, but they deny kidnapping Miss Judd. Of course, that kidnapping was a hoax, as you'll admit now. I admit nothing, Colonel, but I want to know about Bob Clayton. He'll be freed and restored to rank with honor. And that scout, Ike Sloan, will pay for his perjury. And uh, now what? Uh... It's Auntie coming up in a field wagon. Oh, you hammer-headed Mustangs. Whoa! What's the meaning of this woman? I brought this wagon out to get the wounded. Where are they? The colonel is the only casualty. Oh, you, eh? And in the head? Yeah. It's too bad the Indians didn't hit you in a vital place. Pray, you... Well, get off that horse and into this wagon where I can tend you. I'll do nothing of the sort, you, you Harrod Indian. Colonel? <laughs> Yes, Mr. Fire, I'm coming. <laughs> Give the colonel a cheer, boys. Hooray! Another for the sweetheart of the regiment. Hooray! And another for the mass man. Well, I, I know when I'm beaten. But there's one thing I'd like to know before you women take over. Who, who is the mass man? Colonel... He's the Lone Ranger.
This is a feature of the Lone Ranger Incorporated, created and produced by George W. Trendle, directed by Charles D. Livingston, and edited by Fran Stryker. The part of the Lone Ranger is played by Brace Beamer. Brace Beamer.